You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting from the place where America won its freedom in the heart of Hampton Roads, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 on a Tuesday. I'm Tim Donnelly. Robbie Vogler here as well. There's, what what are we now, two days past the Super Bowl? Offseason can feel like Groundhog's Day, right? Deja vu, same thing over and over again. We don't have a game tonight. We didn't have a game yesterday. We're not going to have a game the next, the next, the next. It can, it, the, the NFL offseason can feel like Groundhog's Day. The Colts, not helping out in that. The Colts are not worried about making the same mistake twice because they're making the same decision over again. Call and text lines open 757-687-9494. The Colts have their head coach, Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator, Eagles. The Colts are not worried about making the same mistake because this is very similar to the Frank Reich hire. They just fired Frank Reich. First on the details, here's Will Selva. Good morning, football. The Colts have found their man, Shane Steichen, late of the Eagles, is now the new head coach for the Colts after their exhaustive search. Just to give you an idea of how good the Eagles' offense was this season under Steichen, Philly scored the third most points per game and gained the third most yards in the league in 2022 while finishing in the top 10 in just about every statistical category while the Colts scored the fewest total touchdowns in the entire league last season. Jim Irsay, the owner of the the Colts, is single-handedly ruining my theory that the, the NFL always goes opposite. Right, If you have a young offensive coordinator and it doesn't work, right? you hire a young offensive coordinator as your head coach, and it doesn't work, you're at least going to an old guy or a defensive coordinator, right? You try something different because you're like, hey, we tried that. It didn't work. Gosh, they're doing the exact same thing. They're doing the exact same thing. Uh, Let's look at it like this. Uh, Shane Steichen is hired to be the head coach of the Colts, announced today. He was the Eagles offensive coordinator. Frank Reich, the last coach they hired to be their head coach, uh, was hired from being the Eagles' offensive coordinator. Hmm. But it gets even crazier, right? Because Shane Steichen was Nick Sirianni's offensive coordinator. Nick Sirianni, before he was a head coach, was Frank Reich's offensive coordinator. They're going into the same coaching tree to get a guy from the same position to do the same job as the guy they just fired. They took Reich as their head coach largely because of his ability to develop a young quarterback into an MVP candidate, but not an MVP winner. Talk about Carson Wentz. After one year of elite production, they took Steichen largely for his ability to develop a young quarterback into an MVP candidate, not an MVP winner, an MVP candidate after one year of elite production. It's the same script. It's paint by numbers. It is identical. 
And it's and it's funny because the Colts took forever. They were interviewing guys for twelve hours. They were apparently putting putting their their head coaches through some kind of advanced simulated game decision making process where they would hit them with like the all right it's third and fourteen there's two minutes left you have this many timeouts what do you do go do you call a timeout go you picked up four yards go and they came back to like what did we do last time let's do that again. It's like they have some kind of brand loyalty to Eagles offensive coordinators, right? Like if, if you're, right, uh, what is it, the Android or the iPhone and people are super loyal, you could buy one and it breaks right away. You buy another of the same because you're like, no, I know they're good. I just got unlucky. It's like the, the Colts are saying, no, I know offensive coordinators from the Frank Reich school of thought that come from the, the Eagles are good coaches. We just got unlucky. The Colts need help. Right, They were not very good this year. There's a lot of dysfunction. They end up with Shane Steichen to be their head coach. I'm not hating on Steichen. But it does feel like they're basically saying, we were happy with Reich. We just wish he picked a better quarterback. Like We just wish that, that we could realistically keep him around and not feel like we were being complacent. This tells me that the Frank Reich firing in Indianapolis was more because they were throwing their hands up going, ah, help me help you. Show me some kind of, of reason, some kind of spark that there's something you're building here and we would have kept you. But now, because you didn't, we have to fire you. But we're going to look for exactly you. They have a type is what I'm saying. Ever seen that one? You have a friend break up with someone a couple months later, they're dating someone new and you're like, they're the same. Whatever you didn't like about the last one, you're not going to like about this one. They're, they're going to, they're the same person. What do we think? Five years from now, five different quarterbacks. Shane Steichen's going to be the head coach of the Panthers. He's going to, they're going to try young quarterbacks. They're going to try veteran quarterbacks. They're going to try, they're going to try it all fifth round. They're going to try high priced veterans, Phillip Rivers types. What do you think? Derek Carr? Feels like a Phillip Rivers type, right? What else? They, well, they were forced and the Andrew Luck thing. I'm not blaming Reich on Jacoby Brissett kind of forced into not really blaming that on him either. So the three quarterbacks he chose were, were Phillip Rivers Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Derek Carr fits right into that, right? Derek, just veteran quarterback, was kind of wearing out his welcome somewhere else. Let's go ahead and bring him into Indy, put him with a former Eagles offensive coordinator, and you end up with the Indianapolis Colts. Way to go, Jim Irsay. That was a sarcastic way to go, Jim Irsay. You want a real way to go, Jim Irsay? That means it's not Jeff Saturday. Here's Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday saying thanks. What's up, everybody? Hey, first I just want to say uh, to the Colts organization, the Colts Nation, how much I appreciate the opportunity. I'm so grateful for the last eight weeks of the season and the opportunity to represent you guys. I appreciate the coaches for all your time, energy, and effort to all the players uh, laying it out there each and every week. I can't tell you how much 
I respect and appreciate what each and every player, not only for the Colts, but the NFL do uh, and, and what they, they put on the line each and every week. But it was an absolute blessing. I look fondly upon it. Wish we would have done better, but uh, ultimately that, that is where it is. And so uh, I want to wish Coach Dyken the best of luck. I'm still a huge Colt fan and pulling for you guys. Looking forward to uh, hoisting some Lombardi trophies and excited for your opportunities. So you're not going to end up an offensive line coach? You're not going to say, hey, I wanted to be a head coach, so maybe I should go learn how to be a head coach? No? Back to the booth? Back to ESPN? Mm. It's almost like I... That's why I didn't want you to be the head coach in the first place. Hmm. Call and text lines open, 757-687-9494. That's the call-in line. That's also the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. Robbie, what are they saying on the text line? From the 757, can the commanders land Derek Carr? Can the commanders land Derek Carr? Um, I mean, can, right? We could go elementary school teacher. I don't know. Can they? Um Here's I would answer your question with a question. Can the commanders land Derek Carr? Uh, my like I said, answer your question with a question. Why would Derek Carr choose the commanders? Derek Carr right now is really probably for the first time in his life the the bell of the recruiting ball. Right, he went to Fresno State out of college, which means he was a good recruit, and it was a little bit of a legacy, right? Because his brother was there and was the number one pick. Uh, went to Fresno State out of high school, which means he was a good recruit, but not a five star, right? wasn't wasn't the the high, most highly attractive guy. Was not a first round pick, right? This is the first time he looks around and he goes like, "Is it me or Jimmy Garoppolo? Let's go. Who wants to wine and dine me?" He already visited the Saints. I would expect more visits. I would expect more uh, kind of milking the process and having more options. And and I just don't look at it and say, "Why would he choose the Commanders?" That's that's what I'm talking about. And they followed up. They said he would choose the commanders because of cash, because of the guaranteed contract. So you're saying that the commanders are offering the most money? That's what this text is, I believe they're saying. few things. Derek Carr's made a lot of money already. I don't know if money's going to be the number one. And he's an emotional guy. He's very much like legacy driven. I don't, I don't know if money would be the, the number one factor, but also if there's one thing we've heard from the commanders, it's that they're not going to spend a huge amount of money on a veteran quarterback. Like that's the only thing we've heard. They want to have a veteran backup for Sam Howell, but they're not going to break the bank. There's, there's a, do you want to give like 30, $40 million a year to Derek Carr? B they're, they're in a weird place with their, their entire franchise. I'm not sure you want to spend a ton of money on a long-term contract for Derek Carr and then try to sell the franchise. It's a really weird place. Tim, I got to say this. When, when Jeff Saturday first got the gig mm-hmm. with the, the with the not the commanders, the Colts, there were a lot of people on the text line saying this could work. Give him a chance. After that first game where he actually got a victory, they were, they were coming at you and saying, yes. hey, it's actually working. Look at this. I don't see anybody coming back and saying Jeff Saturday should have been the coach for the for the Colts. And the, the, and I, the, I just you know, we, we try to take we we put our, our, our props out there. You were right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a it, lot we're, of the, we're big on accountability, so I'll take it. Um to me it was it was a very classic arc, which is Jeff Saturday took over. I said, I don't like this. He has no experience coaching. It's disrespectful to good coaches 
to assume that just because you played, you can coach um, without proving it anywhere or even, you know, being in the building as a coach. Um, But then he, again, they won their first game and everybody got really jacked up. But it's another one of the things that I've noticed, which is the one game bump. You get a new coach, you get a new quarterback. There's a bump where everybody rallies around you and, and almost makes it so you are asked to do almost nothing. From that point on, it got worse and worse and worse and worse. Right, uh, a, a narrow loss to the Eagles, a bigger loss, a bigger loss, the worst comeback loss in the history of the league. A loss, a loss, a loss. You get the 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 <laughs> the pick and all those sorts of things. Uh, it, it was it was just it was very bad and it was predictable. And so I don't feel bad for anybody except for the players, um, the people that chose him. Him, you had to know the experience wasn't there. Uh, I do feel bad for the players. Uh, that's that's kind of always where I I stand on it because. You know, some of those guys, the last game they ever played will be the last game coached by a guy who had no business coaching. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We'll be back with more, including Eric Bieniemy's future. The Ravens have their head coach, or sorry, well, they have their head coach, that's true, and their offensive coordinator. Eric Bieniemy to the Commanders? Really? Coming up. There's a difference between winning an MVP award and being the best player in the league. We understand that difference here on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Sorry, I was going back and forth with somebody on on the text line, and I, I wanted to get little correction in there at the, the last second. So a few seconds late back, but but again, hey, that, that's a little plug. I am me and as well as Robbie are legitimately reading the text line. So if you have a conversation you want to have, you can hit us up on the text line, Dream Lawns, 757-687-9494. You can also hit us up on Twitter. We go back and forth there as well. Uh, if you want to go back and forth with me, at Donnelly Sports, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S. Eric Bieniemy. I can hear the Washington Commanders fans now getting really excited that they might have Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator next year. I want to ask this question. How absurd is it that Eric Bieniemy is so dead set on climbing out of Andy Reid's shadow that he is willing to entertain taking the same job, right, the same title with the Washington Commanders? And that's not even a huge disrespect to the Washington Commanders, although it probably sounded that way, and many of you are probably angry. It's it's actually more of a praise to the, the Chiefs and a recognition of what he has accomplished with the Kansas City Chiefs. He has two Super Bowl rings and the respect and praise of one of the best coaches and one of the best quarterbacks of this era. All week leading up to the Super Bowl and post-Super Bowl, both Mahomes and Reed were co-signing and praising the heck out of Eric Bieniemy, And he can't wait to get out from under their shadow because he wants to be a head coach. He wants to be a head coach, and, and, and there is a feeling that he has gone as high as he can possibly go with that team as far as in everyone else's mind. Unless he leaves, he will not get the benefit of, of, of being valued for what he brings to the table because anything he brings to the table, we just credit to Reed and Mahomes. Thus making the degree of difficulty for him much higher. You could stay in Kansas City where you make a bad play call, which happens, 
right? You suggest a bad play. The defense happens to one-up you. It happens, right? You call a play. They call the perfect defense. You're done. Patrick Mahomes makes you right anyway, right? You call a bad play call. Travis Kelsey gets open anyway. Or you could go to Washington where you'd be be given the opportunity of working with a, a roster that is solid in some respects, but you'd have to go through the growing pains of a fifth-round rookie taking over the, the quarterback job. Oh, and by the way, the job security of the, the staff as a whole, not exactly awesome. Not exactly awesome. Herm Edwards, former coach himself, on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, our morning show. He's going to be afforded this opportunity now to go out on his own, and I think it's time. Now, he could sit there and wait for Andy to retire and probably get the job, but I think he's at a point now in his career, he's going to go out on his own and run his offense, which will be good, which will be very good, because then people can't say, well, Andy's kind of calling the plays and they're co-kind of coordinating it. He's going to be on his own now. He's going to be the OC somewhere. And then eventually he gets that going and he'll become a head coach. And that's what you're hoping for because he deserves a shot. That's what he's hoping for. He wants to set himself up to be a head coach. He wants to set himself up to run his own show. Let me ask you this. Do you think Andy Reid's going to coach forever? Do you think Eric Bieniemy could have rode it out and just been the head coach in waiting with the Chiefs? I think that probably would have been the move. If 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 you were an advisor to Eric Bieniemy, I would say, well, go back in there and negotiate head coach in waiting status. Doesn't have to be public. No one else has to know. Just have something in your contract that says, if Andy Reid retires, I get to be the head coach, and if not, you owe me $100 million. Just something along those lines. And then slowly start saying things like, Andy, you're looking a little old. Like, just start start pushing him out the door. Right? Just start playing. I don't know if everyone saw it. In the post game. Terry Bradshaw was roasting Andy Reid. They were on, like getting ready to hand out the Super Bowl trophy, and, and Terry Bradshaw told Andy Reid to waddle over here. Not walk, not come on over here, not get over here, big guy. He hit him with waddle. It'd be one thing if like if 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 Jalen Waddle was on the team or like even Eric Weddle was on the team and you were making some kind of like your player joke. No, he's just you're a big gold guy, you waddle. Like it's just kind of mean. Then he then he hit him with you're getting up there in years. Like talking about double cheese. Bradshaw was roasting Reed. I would just play that occasionally. Maybe that'll drive him to retirement. I just think you what what you're seeing is there's this this feeling that Eric Benemy is not getting opportunities that his qualifications would say he deserves. And uh, in certain ways, I'd agree with that. Certain ways, there are things that have happened in his past that likely have made owners um, hesitant to hire him. But I would say what we are seeing with coordinators that become buzzy head coaching topics, names, desirable candidates they're becoming more and more and more picky with the head coaching jobs they take. And if they aren't picky with the head coaching job they take, they get, they get, they're really regretful that they weren't more picky. And the second time they go back onto that carousel, they're very, very picky. Think of Dan Quinn, right? 
Dan Quinn had a lot of success in his first stint as a head coach with the Falcons, made it to a Super Bowl. Now he's a head coach, or sorry, a coordinator and head coaching candidate with the Cowboys. And that guy's like, I'll take one interview a year. And if it doesn't go absolutely perfectly, I'll return back to my post as a DC because he understands you need certain things in place to be successful. And if there's one thing I know, the Chiefs have those certain things in place for a long time. They have ownership that makes sense. They have GM in front office that makes sense. They have the quarterback locked up for a decade. They have a head coach at 65. The most desirable spot in the entire league might be somebody with a promise that when Andy Reid goes away, you step in. Would you rather right now take over the Houston Texans as a head coach like D'Amico Ryans, who was one of the more attractive head coaching candidates, or be given a promise that when Andy Reid moves on, you get to step into being Patrick Mahomes' head coach? I think the outside noise is so... Biennemi deserves to be a head coach. Biennemi deserves to be a head coach. Biennemi's like, yeah. Should I go be the offensive coordinator of Washington to prove it? And I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's that's not what I said at all. That's That's not what we said in the least. What we said was the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs should probably be given more opportunities to be a head coach. The other thing is this. He's interviewed for a billion head coaching jobs. And we were talking on air with Mike Pritchard uh, of VEASAN, who is, ironically, right, we brought him on to talk bets and everything during Radio Row. Uh, I, you know, I start doing my research on him. I'm like, wait a second, he's at Colorado at the same time as a player that Eric Bannemi was at Colorado. So I bring him up to, to Mike Pritchard. I say, uh, hey, you know, your former teammate, Eric Bannemi, what does he have to do to get a head coaching job? And Pritchard goes, oh, no, not just my teammate, he's my roommate. I'm like, all right, you know him very well. And one of the things he said was, you know, when is everyone going to realize that it doesn't matter how you interview if your qualifications are good enough? I think there's a a fairly obvious inference, right? You can connect the dots from where we sit that Eric Bieniemy doesn't interview well. And I don't know what it is. Maybe he gets nervous. Maybe it's just the way he passes along information. Maybe, and I, I know a lot of these people, um, they are extremely comfortable in a locker room and kind of a little different outside of the locker room. Right, you get them in an environment they're comfortable with. They're great. Think of uh, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni uh, was the head coach of the Super Bowl appearing Philadelphia Eagles this past year. His first opening press conference, if that was how he interviewed, no shot he gets the job. Turns out that didn't mean he was a bad coach. Just meant he was bad at introductory press conferences. So if 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 Eric Bieniemy is a bad interviewer. That might be preventing him from being a head coach. Might not mean he's a bad head coach, but it's one of those things like you need that that prerequisite. You need to do that to get the head coaching job. I just, I would not advise him to take the Washington offensive coordinator job. Yeah, I would not. If it's like, hey, you're going to have to try to convince somebody, but you're going to be the Chiefs offensive coordinator, or you can prove beyond all reasonable doubt, but you're going to be Washington's offensive coordinator, I'd go, ooh, option A, quickly. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Call and text lines open. It's the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. Zion Williamson's hurt. He's been hurt for a long time. We've been distracted by football. It's time that we, we, we talk about it. Can that guy not stay healthy? It's coming up next right here, Tim Donnelly Show.
Did he really just say that? Ask him for yourself at Donnelly Sports on Twitter. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I failed to say this, but happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Did you see what Juju Smith-Schuster put on Twitter? Was it a picture of a Philly cheesesteak? He put a picture of uh, James Bradbury. The player called for the hold against Juju Smith-Schuster that sealed the victory for the Chiefs. Uh, and it says, I'll hold you when it matters most. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. That's what that's what Juju put out there on Twitter. A, funny. Like, let's just get that out of the way. Comedic timing, impeccable. Wait till Valentine's Day to talk about it. Drop a little meme action in there. Just comedy, chef's kiss. B, Kind of petty. Probably making a lot of Philadelphia mad. But he, you're exactly right. During the, the Radio Row lead-up, he did say that the best Philly cheesesteaks aren't even from Philly. So it's not like he had any friends in Philadelphia left to insult. It's all enemies out there. They're, they're all the other squad. So no burnt bridges on this one. The burnt bridges were, were torched a while ago. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. James Bradbury. He'll hold you when it matters most. Clever. Clever. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I have a question for you, and you can answer this on the Dream Launch text line, 757-687-9494. Are you telling me Zion's been hurt this whole time? You're telling me that we've been so distracted by football that we haven't noticed that Zion Williamson hasn't played in any games in a month and a half because of a hamstring, and we haven't yet had the conversation on that guy never being healthy? For updates, here's Adrian Wojnarowski on NBA Today. After the All-Star break, when he's reevaluated again, they'll have a better view of just exactly how long it might be. But listen, these hamstring injuries are tricky. I think when you're you're doing the ramp up on your way back, I think there's always a level of, of caution of not pushing too hard because you could have a setback. And so Zion Williamson, listen, he had a first 29 games of the season. That was all-star worthy. He was voted a starter. Pelicans were winning. They were 17, 17 and 12 with them. But they have to be prepared now that they're going to go another significant period here without him in the lineup. Okay, we knew Zion was going to be touch and go physically just based on his physical stature, right? He is an offensive guard that can jump 40 inches in the air. They don't exist. So there there was always some kind of infatuation with Zion of if he can hold it together, he's going to be an all-time great. But that's a big if he can hold it together. To put it in perspective, this hamstring injury, this is just kind of, um, I don't know if your brain's like mine. Mine works much better with uh, landmarks. Right, So instead of saying turn on Jenkins Street, say turn at the Red House. I'll be better with that. Instead of saying it happened two weeks ago, say it happened the same night as something that I would remember happening. The last time Zion Williamson played in an NBA basketball game, the same night the Bills at Bengals game was canceled due to the, the DeMar Hamlin situation. Since then, he's just been not playing basketball. Since then, and it's been a hamstring that he's not playing basketball for, and there's been setbacks. It's not like, oh, you know, he tore it. It's going to be six, seven, eight weeks. It's been, 
well, we'll reevaluate in a couple weeks. Oh, we reevaluated. There was a setback. Oh, let's well after the All Star game, we'll reevaluate. It's not good. It's not good. Now, hamstrings. That's not a big guy issue. Okay, you you can tweak a hammy if you weigh 160 pounds. The same rate you can tweak a hammy if you weigh 300 pounds. Hammies are not a big guy issue, but they don't go away. Once you become a hamstring guy, you're now a hamstring guy. And I can say this, right? It's like, uh, you know, I'm allowed to make these jokes because I'm a hamstring guy. I tore my hamstring in high school, and then I tweaked it a whole bunch of times in, in, in college to the point where before every practice and every game, I was getting stretched out for like 45 minutes. But like trainer, active, a whole bunch of different stuff. Dynamic warm-ups, active warm-ups, static warm-ups. I did them all. Anything. They told me that, like, you know, eating, I don't know, six oranges and a bag of Cheerios would have made it so my hamstring wouldn't tweak. You would have seen me at an orchard with a bag full of uh, Cheerios every single day. The problem is you add this on top of the Zion stuff. Zion's body has not proven that it can live up to the rigors of an NBA season, even though we all want him to, even though watching that guy play basketball is really, really fun. I would settle for like 12 minutes a game. I just want to see him out there. I would settle for a dunk contest like every other year. I just want to see the guy play basketball. But here's the thing. His size leads to injuries. A hamstring, what does a hamstring mean? Really difficult to stay in shape. I've been that as well, right? You tweak a hammy, what do they say? Try to do as little as possible. Get off it. Ice, elevation. Get off it. Don't walk. Don't run. Try to stay away from stairs. Take it slow. What if they tell Zion that? And uh, let's just, like, not saying he balloons up to 350. What if he gains 15 pounds? What if he gains 10 pounds? What if he gains 8 pounds? That's more likely to put stress on his feet, on his knees, on his bones, on his ankles, on his joints. And then those are the issues that pop up. It, it, it's not, I'm not optimistic right now. And I, I was one that understood the risk, right? Like when you have the number one overall pick and Zion sitting there, guess what you do? Pick Zion every time. Because even if it's a small chance, the chance of having him as your franchise player for years and years to come is tantalizing enough to make you overlook all kinds of concerns and worries and reservations. But as they start piling up and your worst fears start becoming true by inch here, inch there, inch here, inch there you got to be honest with yourself about that too. Right? Because they're, they're still, and they should be, because I don't know what else options they have, but they're still building a team around Zion. You bring in McCollum, you bring in uh, B.I., Brandon Ingram, you bring in these guys because they fit with what Zion does, right? They can all shoot. They can all move the ball. He can be the player in the paint. And it's like, all right, we got the perfect team for Zion. Where's Zion? He hasn't played since the night DeMar Hamlin had his emergency on the field. And they're going to reevaluate him after the All-Star game, an All-Star game that he was voted into. Because in the short sample size that he did play in the first half of the season, he was awesome. And I know a little bit about this from the fans' perspective because, I, like I, I've told you before, I'm a Sixers fan. And at the beginning of Joel Embiid's career, 100% same place. 100% same place. 
When he played, oh my goodness, this guy is awesome. But then he would get hurt and he would be gone for a couple months and you'd be like, why are we doing this? And Joel Embiid largely has come out on the other side and played a lot of minutes. So it's possible. But I'll tell you this, right now, to this day, if he falls, I hold my breath till he stands up. And if he falls and winces, everybody I know that's a Sixers fan, we're texting each other. What do you think that was? Is he okay? What do you think? We should shut him down. Give him two weeks off. Give him two weeks off. Just do Just do it. Just give him two weeks off. Start saying things that don't make sense. Tobias Harris can carry us for, for two weeks. I don't know about that one. Let James Harden take over. What? James Harden can play in the post, right? He can defend the center. Mm, ah. Can't defend anything. That's a lie. He's been better. But But my point is this. Now that we're not distracted by football, Zion, we're looking at you. And we want you back. There was a point in time in college where, when he was at uh, when he was at Duke, obviously, and his he he got the injury when his shoe exploded. They had a Zion cam on ESPN. If you watched the game on ESPN Plus, you could watch the game where like you watch the game, and then in the corner it would just be him on the sideline. I don't want to do that in the NBA. I don't. I didn't want to do that in college. Created all kinds of funny pictures where like he would blink and they'd catch it at the perfect time and it looked like he was sleeping on the bench. Stuff was funny, but it but it wasn't necessary. I don't want to be watching him on the bench. I want to I want to watch him in the game. Dunking on people. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. When we come back, it is a Tuesday. That means it's time for sports in its own words. You're gonna hear from sports themselves. Coming up next. This is sports. In its own words, on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's right. Sports in its own words. We take it to the microphones, the podiums, the hot mics across sports. And, well, we let you hear it for yourself. Best quips, the best quotes, the best jokes, the best stories. And apparently for Travis Kelsey, this past year has been the best year of his life. This was the happiest year of my life, man. Both off the field, on the field, to see my family... Being it's all its glories, get all the flowers, my mom be uh, the center of attention on the Jumbotron before the game on the biggest stage, being able to get closer with my brother throughout the season, and then meet him at the mountaintop, it's the best feeling in the world, man. I'll tell you what, I don't know how many I got left, but uh, I'm sure going to cherish this one forever. And, and he could have thrown in, and I won, right? I mean, he wouldn't do it publicly, but... The first time they're away from the cameras, away from the microphones, maybe a drink in their hands. Travis has to, at one point in time, look at Jason and go, nice try, big bro. Not Mama, though. Mama Kelsey's always going to say she's just as proud. Here's Mama Kelsey post-game talking to Travis and Jason. How about it, Joe? It's Mama! <laughs> <laughs> I already saw Trav. I'm looking for my parents. I don't know if they're down here yet. Celebrate the okay. that, that was Jason Kelsey's move. He didn't want to be bitter, but he didn't want to be around it. Go celebrate. 
Not here. Go. Go celebrate. Go celebrate with Trav. Uh, again, pretty pretty cool situation for that family. Do you think they have a chance of of unseating any of the the all time football families? We're talking Mannings. We're talking maybe just the Mannings above them. Uh, it's pretty. I mean, they have two different guys, both going to be Hall of Famers, both Super Bowl champions. Probably true for the the Mannings also. I'm not I, sure. If I'd he, say so. I'm not sure if Eli is going to be first ballot. I think there's a there's a world where he's a second or third ballot Hall of Famer. I think that's the only way that they they don't eclipse them. If if Eli doesn't get in on the first try, I think Jason and Travis. I don't. I'd also say that that. Uh, I'd also say. Eli was never the best player at his position. Very good point. Travis and Jason have both, for at least a year, probably multiple, uh, have been the best players at their position. And they have a podcast. They got started a little bit earlier, right? The Mannings didn't really jump into the media game until after they retired. The, the, the Kelsey is getting a little bit of a jump on it. So we'll see how that all plays out, how history judges the brothers. And I don't know where, like, Arch Manning comes into that. Does he count? We don't know. We'll see. Uh, Andy Reid. This is what I was talking about all week. The the Chiefs just seemed like they were having more fun. And one stupid little way to break the tension in a game is to name your plays something funny or make your checks at the line something funny. Uh, Andy Reid called the same play on the goal line twice. And it was a wide open, like wide open, like the receiver smelled funny. You didn't want to stand around him. Wide open, wide receiver twice. We learned when Andy Reid was talking to Peter King after the game what the name of the play was, and you can't make this stuff up. Made two. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a name for it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's called corn dog. So it's called what? Corn dog. It's not called corn dog. Oh yeah. Is corn it dog. called corn dog? There's nothing better than a good corn dog with some mustard and, and uh, ketchup. But he doesn't step into the huddle and say corn dog. Oh no, he says corn dog. He does. Corn dog. That's fantastic hey guys we got corn dog corn dog on, on first sound on first sound ready break is awesome that is fantastic and and i say that's exactly what i was talking about for this reason right the eagles seemed very wound tight the chiefs seemed very relaxed that is a like jedi mind trick way for when you're on the field to get a quick chuckle not to distract you completely but just like when Kadarius Tony is in the game and he's like maybe a little high strung, right? Biggest game of his life. Hasn't even played much this year. He's been battling the hamstring injuries in the huddle. What do we got? What do we got? And then he hears corn dog. He's like, <laughs> corn dog. And he runs out and he catches a touchdown. When I was in college, we used to let the, the linemen make up our signs and our, our checks at the line. Then we would just say, like, hey, uh, you know, when when we want to go flip it. When we want to flip this play left to right, we don't want to just yell, you know, left or Otebe uh, used to be the opposite. We we don't want to just yell that. What, what should we yell? And they, you know, I watched Step Brothers last night. What about Nighthawk? Then in the middle of a game, you'd be dead serious quarterbacking, wanting to flip a play, something in the defense, and you'd have to run up there and be like, hey, hey, Nighthawk, 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 Nighthawk. And you'd hear, what, what? oh gosh, I'm forgetting the whole quote now. Um, whatever it is, like thunder or whatever. You'd hear one of the offensive linemen write back like, I'm not calling you dad. 
I don't care. It's like, oh, goodness. Now we're just on the field quoting stepbrothers. Like, that's too much. It was me and Johnny Hopkins. It's like, no. Okay, guys. I just want to flip the play. But but it just it broke the tension for a second. And they're doing it even in the Super Bowl. Corndog. Corndog, corndog, corndog. First sound. Ready? Break. That's hilarious. Needs to be an SNL skit. Uh, sports in their own words. Uh, Jeff Saturday, obviously with Shane Steichen being named the head coach of the Colts. Uh, Jeff Saturday out of the running. RG3, uh, a member of ESPN's broadcast crews, right? He's, he's in the studios, NFL Countdown and the like, uh, was on NFL Countdown and decided to uh, twist the knife a little bit. Running the football, so I think Steichen uh, is, is a good fit. But there's a lot of sharing, as, as Adam pointed out, between the Colts and the Eagles. And uh, I guess we'll be getting uh, Jeff Saturday back. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he... hmm. I guess we get Jeff Saturday back. That's that's. Yeah, it's true, but it didn't have to be said. He's fishing. By the way, did you see like the we played the audio earlier of Jeff Saturday saying thank you to Indianapolis for the opportunity and he's still rooting for you and way to go Shane Steichen and the fans are the greatest fans and he did it from like standing on a dock or maybe even in a boat on a lake somewhere. That is very much like the I don't need it anyway. My life is awesome. I made so much money playing football I could chill. Okay. You could go fish. Have fun. You don't want to be fishing. You want to be coaching for the Colts. But do you? Jack Rudd. Paul Rudd's son. This is this one's going to be... I shouldn't even have just... I just spoiled it. Uh, so Paul Rudd, who you all know, Ant-Man, right? A whole bunch of, whole bunch of really good movies. Uh, super A-list, whatever. Um, he is a giant Kansas City Chiefs fan. He grew up in Kansas City. And obviously, he passed that along to his son, who was also a giant Kansas City fan. And they were actually on the field for some pregame and postgame stuff at the Super Bowl. By the way, uh, Paul Rudd wearing an Isaiah Pacheco jersey. Uh, he was wearing a 10, number 10 jersey. And I thought, like, is he really going with the outdated Tyreek Hill? Is that what he's, that's a weird move by Paul Rudd. And then he turned around and said Pacheco on the back. I was like, oh, no, he's going with the super updated Isaiah Pacheco jersey. Uh, but his son, Jack Rudd, was there and he was interviewed postgame. And uh, Jack Rudd sounds just like Paul Rudd. Here it is. I just want to thank Patrick Mahomes for existing, for putting in all the work so we can just all enjoy his greatness every week. And um, I'm I'm so lucky that I am alive to watch this. And I, I just, I cannot believe he's a real person. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I just can't believe he's a real person. It's perfect, right? Now, when Paul Rudd, eventually, he doesn't age, right? He looks like he's still in Clueless from back in the day. Uh, when he eventually ages out of Ant-Man, then Jack Rudd can just step in. I know it's a little nepotism, but it's the, he, they talk the exact same. CGI the face, use his voice, you're good to go. It's 53 years old. Jack Rudd? Jack Rudd. No, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, 53. Wouldn't have guessed it. Would not have guessed it. Uh, and finally, Jack Rudd did thank... Patrick Mahomes for existing you shouldn't thank the person for existing you should thank the parents for bringing them into existence and that would include Pat Mahomes senior former major league baseball player uh, after last week uh, right Joe Burrow became known for the the victory cigars uh, or not last week two weeks ago three weeks ago whatever it was AFC championship game ago uh, Paul some Paul now I'm saying Paul 
Pat Mahomes Sr. was smoking a cigar, and he said he was smoking on that Joe Burrow, kind of a knock at, at Burrow. You, you smoke the victory cigars. We can do that as well. Then after they beat Philly for the Super Bowl, he was walking around with, with another cigar, and uh, he called it something else. Hey, it was Joe Burrow last week. It's Philly this week. Living your best life. Living your best life. Nothing like a proud parent. Mama Kelsey, Pat Mahomes Sr., nothing like a proud, proud, proud parent. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, is it possible, and we want to hear from you, 757-687-9494, is it possible that Tom Brady is the only quarterback in NFL history that Pat Mahomes hasn't eclipsed already? At least one ESPN personality making that argument. We'll have the conversation coming up.